<laughs> Thank you, Godfrey. Well done. Good evening, everybody. What a fantastic time that we are stepping into. We are in a prophetic weekend. Amen. And by that, I mean that time is standing still and God is going to begin to redeem the time for those who have lost any time in the past. God is going to begin to accelerate things for those who have been trusting him. This is a moment of breakthrough that you are in and you will receive to the extent that you position your heart. The, one of the worst and most dangerous spirits that tend to join church meetings and encounters where the people of God are coming together is a religious spirit. It will cause you to say all the hallelujahs. It will cause you to say all the amens. It will cause you to listen and quote all the scriptures and take home nothing. Amen. Because the religious spirit is more interested in appearances than in the heart. But tonight, we believe that God is going to do something significant. Look at the person next to you and say, you are here for a reason. Even on the Zoom, look at the, the picture next to you. You are here for a reason. You are here for a reason. Amen. So uh, I think I've got a timekeeper. Otherwise, yeah, okay. Philip did it himself. <laughs> um, um, this weekend, the theme is called Strengthening Relationships by the holy spirit and in the beginning of the year the spirit of the lord has revealed to our apostolic leaders the different themes that are going to be critical in terms of cultivating our culture in our churches in the southern african region and one of them is definitely the holy spirit and the gifts of the holy spirit and the other one is a culture of honor relationships that are godly and honoring and then the third one is biblical knowledge, studying the word of God, understanding, not just preaching illustrations and pictures, but preaching the truth and understanding the truth of the word of God. Amen. And so um, we're going to have two sessions tonight. And then tomorrow in the morning, we'll have another two sessions, uh, which relate specifically to uh, the power of relationships in missions and the power of relationships in church planting. How many of you understand that we are called to plant churches? How many of you know that we are serious about it? Yeah, so if you are in our way, we will run roughshod over you, right? Because we want to please God and not man. Amen. For a long time, churches have built themselves around the model that meets more the needs of the people rather than the desire of the Holy Spirit. And it is important that we are repentant in our hearts and begin to position ourselves and our families uh, on the mission of God. On the mission of God. I'm reminded of the woman that brought the alabaster box, right? The perfume in the house of Simon. And Simon was a religious man, and this woman is coming in with all this perfume, and everyone's thinking, what is that smell? And she comes, and she begins to weep at the feet of Jesus, and she pours out the perfume. The perfume was so expensive, right? And then one of the disciples, the Bible says Judas, said, to what end is this waste? Why, what is this waste? It could have been used. To, to gather money, to sell, and then gather money for the poor. And the Bible says he wanted that money in the finances because he was stealing from the finances. Judas was the treasurer. 
And what happened there is that a lot of people have this view that time invested to God is a waste. Time invested with God is a waste. It, especially if you studied all the years at university, have a campus guys. And then after you got your degree, now you're going to full-time ministry. What do they say to you? To what end is this waste? You are wasting your parents' money, wasting this, wasting that, you wasted your time. But the waste of something is not determined by just how it's used. It's determined by who it's for. Amen? And it's people who have a low regard for God that think that any time spent on the things of God is a waste. For all of us, I was telling the staff this morning, for all of us, if the president calls you personally now, right now, like your phone rings now, maybe they'll send a message because, you know, your phone is on silent as it should be. And then you notice the president is looking for, immediately what do you do? You stand up, you go around, the president, like Hage, Hage, yes. Come quickly to the state house. What will people do? They will leave this meeting. They will leave this meeting and go to the president's call. Isn't it? Whose meeting is this? It's God's meeting. And yet you will not tell a man that will die. Right? A mortal man. I am with the divine. I am with God right now. Just wait a bit. How many of you will do that? <laughs> Nobody. It is not part of our religious system. Our religious system puts God in a box. We let him out when we need him. And then we close him off when we are done. But this God that we are serving is Lord of Lords. He is King of Kings. And it's the only way that we want you as leaders to approach him. Are you with me? Tell your neighbor, never look down on God. Again. Mm -hmm. Because people have done it. And you might say, no, I've never said anything like that. Look at your lifestyle. Consider your time. Consider your time. Where you spend your time. Consider your money. Where you spend your money. Consider your attention. Consider your ambitions for life. Right? Pastor, are you saying all of us must be church planters? Yes! But who's going to pay the tithes? <laughs> you know, there is, there is a transition that's going to come in the way that we define what church planting is. How many of you know that I, 9 to 5, from Monday to, to Friday this, this week, I was at a business working as a head of compliance. How many of you know that? Yeah? And yet I am what? Planting churches and preaching the gospel and leading a ministry. Ask your neighbor, what is your excuse? Ask your neighbor, how many children do you have? Are you even married? I'm praying for you, brother. <laughs> right? What is your excuse? What is your excuse? You. 
you. Now today I want to talk to us, Philip is going to follow up in session two, but I want to start off talking about the spirit of building a relational discipleship culture. Matthew 28 verse 18 and 19, go into all the world and make disciples of all nations, right? baptizing them in the name of the Father, of the Son and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to obey everything that I have commanded you and I will be with you even until the end of the age. Is that an option for you? Is that an option for you? No. Do you know that? Do you live like that? No. <laughs> Tell your neighbor, today I'm going to change radically. Just be careful if I fall here, <laughs> right? Very important. If you are here tonight and we are saying things from the word of God and you in your mind are not willing to apply, you are going to go into deception these very moments. Okay? You must be prepared to say, yes, Lord, I will do. I remember way back in the past, I was at a men's meeting when I was on campus. I was in a relationship with a lady just before I, I was married and in a relationship with my wife now. Um, and I knew I wasn't supposed to be in that relationship. But you know, sometimes, yeah. And then at that meeting, of the men's meeting, they called for the guys. Guys, you know, some of you are in relationships where you shouldn't be. Come forward. <laughs> right, then you wait for the bold one to go first. Then it's like, yeah, I'm not alone, right? And the people went forward and I was one of them. I was there, you know, really repenting before the Lord. And then what was my instruction from the spirit of the Lord? Straight from church to the sister's place. And what did I say? It's over. It's not, it's not you. <laughs> Write this down, guys. There are some of you you need to out. It's not you, it's me, you know. I've got a higher calling, you know. Things are not, you know. And then, out of that, walking it out. You have to be willing to do what God tells you to do. If you don't, check if you are saved. Awesome, so we're talking about building a relational culture. Now, Europe and many places around the world are filled with beautiful cathedrals, huh? built over years, some hundred years to build a cathedral, St. Peter's. The thing is amazing, but today they are only museums. They are only museums. If we build in a way that forgets what we are and who we are, and we'll get to the scripture now, we will always end up with monuments. And then people will come and talk about the externalities and the gospel itself will have no place in living bodies. And one of the critical reasons why this happens is because of relationships. Really? Yes. You know, the entire system that God built for the earth and for society is based on relationships. Even the Trinity 
we serve one God that is three persons in perfect fellowship and perfect unity. They are in relationship, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And we have to learn, we have to learn how to do this relationship thing right. If we are going to fulfill God's call and build something more than just a monument that's going to become a museum. Some of those churches that have become museums have become clubs. You know what a club is? Not a golf club. A nightclub. Yeah. A discotheque. Mm, that's the old term. Yeah? A what? Yeah, or even mosque. But it's like they have become places where Satan promotes his work. Who built it? We did. What happened to it? It became a tomb. It became a place where dead people celebrate. Look at your neighbor and say, is that going to be our church? Yeah. And who's going to do something about it? Pastor Chris, we paid the tithes to you, so go ahead. No. Very important that you understand this. Pastor Steve Marrow, who is our president in terms of the Every Nation family around the world, some of you know him, you should know him very well. Um, he says discipleship is relationship and leadership is relationship. That is why they managed to take the Manila church from a few hundred students or a hundred students, right, after one mission to 80,000 people in various congregations throughout the, the Philippines Peninsula. How many years did that take? Uh, the pastor Steve fans. That's summer. Huh? 20 years, 25 years. Now, how old is our church? Barbara? Barbara is our, our chronicle. 25 in August. The, the exact date? You are not sure. 25 years in August that we are a church. How many churches did we plant in 25 years that are still standing today? Where you were involved? How many members were we in at the beginning of the church? 60 to 80 people. Yes. And now we are about how many people in our cluster? 400? With, with these guys and these guys, 500? With, with Zambia and the other guys from Pacharongo, 550? Getting to, to 600? That's about the number of subscribers we also have on our YouTube, by the way. Right? How many people in the Manila church after 25 years? 80,000. 80,000. What are we doing here? We stand in love with you. Oh, we stand. We can sing. I mean, we have an album now, even. <laughs> right? So we can sing. 
but can we make disciples? Ask your neighbor, how many disciples have you made? Yeah. Right. Now, some of you are saying, no, I, I discipled, I brought myself, I took myself through the process. That doesn't count, right? Do you know why I'm doing this? Because human beings, from the time that they are young, in their relationships, they learn from who? From their parents. And you'll see the phenomenon of having, uh, let's say you have a third child. The third child tends to grow faster. The second child tends to grow faster than the first one and learn to speak faster because of the fact that they are learning from the others. Do you understand? This is why we are not reinventing the wheel here. We are taking our Namibian and Zambia areas, right? And we don't have to reinvent the wheel. We have to put certain things in place, but we must think bigger. Amen? Well, with the, with the uh, strategic planning of the staff, in the beginning of the year and end of last year we were saying in terms of the number of people that we've reached so far what is the percentage versus the population in namibia i think it was like 0.025 or something like that it is to be ignored if there are 0.025 mosquitoes in the room you can sleep well they don't make a difference, I would know, right? Very important. What is the place where we want to get? I was watching a documentary this week of a, a, a church in, in, in South Korea, Yonggi Cho's church, full gospel, Yoido, Yoido full gospel church, right? Those guys started the church when South Korea was completely Buddhist and one of the poorest nations in the world. Today, South Korea is in the top six wealthiest nations in the world and 60% Christian. And many of the people who are running international businesses like Samsung and Hyundai and those kind of things are in Yoido full gospel. They are not playing. It's not just I come to my church things and all of that, then I'm out. No, my whole life is surrendered to this, right? And once we have that, we then have to cultivate it in a relational way, lest we lose it. Yeah? Lest we lose it. Many times, it's easy to get married. How many of you know it's easy to get married? Some sisters are like, no. Pastor, the struggle is real. I've been fasting and praying for 12 years. I've been fasting and praying for 25 years since we planted the church. <laughs> and still nothing. You know what? If you really wanted to get married, I can organize you someone today. The only problem is you might not like them. <laughs> but it's easy to get married. What happens in Vegas stays in Vegas. What happens in Korihas? stays in Korihas. Amen? So it's easy to get married. It's easy to get involved with someone. But it's not easy to stay married. It's easy to become friends. It's not easy to remain friends. It's easy to join a church. It's not easy to stay in church. It's easy to start a church. 
it's not easy to maintain that church. In churches, you experience either healing or hurting. Can I have a witness? Yeah, I mean, all of us here, somewhere, you know, some usher told us you can't sit here. And then we looked at them like, you know, who made you the apostle sending me to the nations? I'm sitting here. No, no. The pastor said, hey, 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 hey. I'm leaving the church. Why? Because I couldn't sit here. I'm out. I'm out. These hypocrites that are here. Amen. In church, you can experience trust, which is what we want, and you can experience betrayal. And then what must you do? Stay where you are. You can experience acceptance or you can experience rejection. What must you do? Tell your neighbor. <laughs> Stay put, lady. Stay where you are. Right? In church, you can experience servanthood. And servanthood, some of you think that you have a servant heart. How many of you believe you have a servant heart? Huh? You know how you know if someone has a servant heart? Treat them like a servant. If they go like this, and manifest demons, they don't have a servant heart. Right? Servant-heartedness, they're not some Christianese when it comes to being servant-hearted. Servant-hearted is servant-hearted. If you are serving, you are serving. There's no like, okay, is there going to be applause? Is there going to be money? Is there, that's not servant heart, right? You can experience servanthood or you can experience selfish ambition. I'm here, I'm serving in this ministry because the next one, I'm, I'm eyeing apostle. <laughs> apostle so-and-so, right? That's where I'm eyeing. And they say the road to greatness is servanthood so that's why i'm serving because i'm on my way to greatness wrong servanthood is the greatness he who wants to be great let him be your servant what kind of servant the one that washes the feet and gets no tips in church you can experience love and you can experience hate just look straight. Don't look to the other sister. Right? You can experience love. You can experience in church. What must you do? Stay where you are. In, in, in church, you can experience family or you experience it like a business. Where I'm the employer and all of you are the employees. Right? And that's why you are unionizing you know what unionizing is when you start a union so you can strike against the elders okay let me not go down that road in church you can experience truth and you can experience lies what must you do stay where you are in church you can experience 
protection, all you can experience, what must you do? And I'm not saying that this must come from leadership. It's among the people. The betrayals that you'll experience, the rejection that you'll experience, the ambition, the hate, the business, the lies, the abuse, coming from one another. And Jesus said this. He said that you must love one another. A new commandment I give unto you, that you love one another even as I have loved you, for by this shall all men know that you are my disciples. How many of you knew that Jesus, how many of you knew that Jesus knew that Judas was going to betray him? The rest of you didn't know. You were surprised, isn't it? Jesus knew that Judas was a thief. He kept him with the treasury. Jesus knew that Judas would betray him. He even told John, because Peter asked, when Jesus was saying, one of you is going to betray me at the Last Supper, Peter asked, is it me, Lord? Is it me? Is it me? Who is it? Right? Then Peter, Peter asked John, because John was close to Jesus, ask him. And then Jesus said, the one, watch, 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 watch. The one who's going to put, yeah, you see that guy, he's putting his hand with, yeah, it's, it's him. It's him. Right? Betrayal in Jesus connect. Come on now. No, I need a new connect. Because this connect has Judas us. Yeah. Do you know why? Because we are not a business. We are not an institution. We are a family. And if we are a family, there's a commitment beyond just convenience. First Peter chapter 2, verse 4 to 6. As you come to him, pay attention. You see here? As you, as you come to him, who? The living stone. Talking about Jesus. And what happened to him? Rejected by humans. But chosen by God and precious to him. These are essential. Then he says, you also. These are the secrets to being in this movement, planting together, working together relationally. You must be like Jesus. He was rejected, but he was chosen. You might be rejected, but you are chosen by God and precious to him. Not about who, who thinks you are precious in the church. It does not matter. It does not matter. Why do you care what a mortal says? A mortal. You know what a mortal is? Someone who will die any minute, any, any minute now, they can die. What does their opinion matter? Oh, sister so-and-so said this, sister so-and-so said that, brother so-and-so is saying this, brother so And what does God say? Yeah, I know, I know God loves me, but... <laughs> Tell your neighbor, whose voice matters in your life? 
ask them, what about mine? <laughs> yeah. Nobody's voice should matter as much as the voice of the Lord Jesus Christ in your life. Otherwise, the dysfunction is going to be nonstop. You'll be a people pleaser and fear of man is a snare. It's a trap. Continue. Verse 5. You also, like Jesus, like living stones. Right now we are busy constructing this building. It's made of what stones? No. <laughs> let's, let's go back. My goodness. Grade 4. Let's go back to grade 2. <laughs> it says, you also like living stones. These stones are what? They are bricks. <laughs> Dead stones. Amen? Tell your neighbor comparison. Okay. Grandma. Tell your neighbor grandma. Not grandmother. Grandma. Dead stones. Okay? And what's the thing about the building? If the people keep leaving. If the stones keep moving. How does Christ build his building? Because you also like living stones are being built into a spiritual house. What kind of house has the bricks moving out every other month? The only bricks that move are the ones that are not in the house. The ones that are on the side. But the enemy picks up and talks us to the other side and visits the other house, visits the other place and all. But if you are built into a spiritual house, you are unshakable. The word of God says they that trust in the Lord are like Mount Zion. They can never be shaken. Amen. Being built into a spiritual house. Tell your neighbor, you are a spiritual, you are part of a spiritual house. You are a living stone. And you know what's amazing? This is not a Sunday morning uh, open service. It is a closed meeting for leaders only. And it is a shocker that you have to explain these things to leaders. What are they teaching the others? Ask your neighbor, what are you teaching the others? Huh? I've seen your attitudes, my brother. What are you discipling? What are you teaching? Amen? Ah, uh, pastor, why are you confronting these attitudes? Because without confrontation, there is no transformation. Yes. You wouldn't have wanted to be in Jesus' connect. There was a lot of confrontation there. Then it says, you are being built into a spiritual house to be a holy priesthood. Awesome! If you know what priests are, the privileges that you have, being built into a holy priesthood, different from the world, different from your friends, different from a unique set-apart priesthood, Offering spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God. Take us back to that list. Jesus on the night that he was betrayed with a kiss. Right? 
he was sweating blood and asking his father, can this cup pass from me? He said, my friend that I knew close by in Psalms has turned his heel against me. Okay? These things that happen to you, when you remain in Christ, it becomes a sacrificial aroma. When you are going through a difficult time and you choose to worship rather than complain, it becomes a spiritual sacrifice. When you are going through financial difficulties and you choose to give to the poor, like that woman, the old lady that gave two copper coins, it becomes a spiritual sacrifice. When you experience the, the, the issues of church, can I be real here now? When you experience the issues of church, they think, I never thought that in a church things like this could happen. Someone said that the church, there's no perfect church. And if you joined, if you can find the perfect church, don't join it. Because <laughs> you will make it imperfect the moment you arrive. It's like, wow, this is finally a good place for me. You spoiled it all. So when you experience these things, and the Lord is saying to you, while you are praying, Lord, take this cup from me. What will the Lord say to you? Take another sip. Tell your neighbor, take another sip. Yeah. Yeah. Drink, drink, drink of the cup of sacrifice. We don't talk about it enough nowadays. This is why we have weak, a weak generation that complains about every little energy they have to spend. If they don't have someone who is paid to rub them on the back, while well, all they have to do is hold a piece of paper as their job. Then they complain. It is wickedness. And so God is strengthening us. There used to be a time when, when young men would go to the army, isn't it? Yeah? In Singapore, it's still mandatory. National service, two years. There's no war, so maybe you should join now. <laughs> right? And there you learn discipline. You learn that people don't speak to you nicely. They tell you straight. And then you mustn't go cry to your mommy. You must suck it up and walk. Right? Why? Because if the enemy meets you on the battlefield and he says something about your mommy <laughs> and you go and cry to your mommy, you will die. And if you die, you stop the protection for the next brother that is trusting in the ranks of the army. The worst thing you can do is have uncommitted people in your army who say they are committed. Whoa, 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 whoa. They are the worst. Rather, the guys who say, I'm not coming, I'm not committed, jail me. Then the guy who said, amen, we are together. Huh? Viva, viva, viva. And then when it comes for battle, they are empty on their rank. And then what happens? The enemy flanks you right there. They say, who are supposed to be there? No, that other brother that's always talking commitment, but doesn't do any committed things. 
who are supposed to keep that rank, that other sister that's always talking commitment, but doesn't give any commitment. It is a risk to everyone. Look at your neighbor and say, I'm next to you. Am, am I in danger or am I fine? Yeah. Yeah. And then it says, okay, I just said two words, danger or fine. Offering spiritual sacrifices. Guys, I'm telling you, if you haven't been offended in church yet, how many of you have not been offended in church? Let me just find the newbies, the freshies, Philip and who else? <laughs> you haven't yet. Well, you guys are in a bubble. Everyone else, you have received a kiss from Judas. How many of you? Huh? It would have been here. You just turned the other cheek. <laughs> huh? A kiss from Judah. Judas. All of us. Why are you still here? Is that, did Judas leave? Is that why you are still here? Because sometimes Judas will stay. And then you... <laughs> hey, I can't be in the same house. This town ain't big enough <laughs> for the ball. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Spiritual sacrifices. Eh? When you get married, when you stay with your, with your mom or your dad very close, you know, when you stay with a friend that doesn't do his part, and you have to do all the apologizing, all the reconciliation, all the forgiveness, and you feel like, why am I always the one who's serving? Why am I always the one? Spiritual sacrifices. What does it require? It requires love. It requires love. Love covers a multitude of sins. Love is the one that is able to say, I will spend myself for the sake of others. Spiritual sacrifice. Jesus said, love one another as I have loved you by this. Some of you, the reason why you left church, the other church and came here, is because someone didn't greet you. And yeah, at every nation they pay people to greet us. Yeah, finally a place that knows. And one day, Pastor Chris is passing you in Vernon. You've got your mask on. You smile. He doesn't notice your smile. Because he's focusing on the Lord. It's Monday, he's fasting. And he keeps going. And you take offense by that. And build a castle unto the devil. And then leave the church and spread lies. Tell your neighbor it will cost you to be a disciple. Tell your neighbor it will cost you everything. Yeah. The disciple is not greater than the master. If they hated Jesus, what will they do with you? Get ready. If they persecuted Jesus, what will they do to you? They will persecute you. If they talked about Jesus, what will they do about you? They will talk about you. If they took advantage of Jesus, what will they do with you? And what will you do? Just keep walking with your cross. If we all did that, our relationships would be on a supernatural level. When the Lord is with you, he makes even your enemies into your friends, Proverbs. 
For the scripture says, this is the prophecy, it says, See, I lay a stone in Zion, a chosen and precious cornerstone, and the one who trusts in him will never be put to shame. The Lord is your glory and the lifter of my head. Growing up, there was a song that says, Thou, O Lord, art a shield about me you're my glory and the lifter of my head thou O Lord art a shield about me you're my glory and the lifter of my head, hallelujah, 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 you're the lifter of my head. And sometimes you are in church and you are serving God and there are many things that are happening that cause you to look down, that cause you to question everything about what God said. That caused you to question everything about what he's called you to do. And the spirit of the Lord tonight is calling us to a place where we place our identity in Christ. The apostle Paul said, I have no life. I've been crucified with Christ. I no longer live, but Christ lives through me. The life I now live, I live by faith in the son of God who loved me and gave himself up. We're going to take a, a few minutes to do some questions and answers. I want you to bring out your questions. Right? Ask the questions in light of this. And we'll see. Some might be too sensitive. <laughs> I will say, okay, let's have a hard on. But let's take some time right now to do that i want you to quickly go with two, the, the person next to you quickly and tell them the experience that you've had in church that has perhaps broken your heart or causes you to doubt in the lord put some of the prophetic music and then we'll have a few questions tell them quickly this is your moment to have somebody here.
Also, also give the other person a chance, huh? Before they get hurt tonight. <laughs> Hallelujah. 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 If you've shared, just put your chair back where it was. We can stand. We can stand. You know, the Word of God only gives us one way. One way to reset the experiences of the past. To wipe the slate clean. The word of God only gives us one way. To reestablish a flow of the grace and refreshing. The Holy Spirit, the word of God only gives us one way. Oh, the guys are so sharing. Guys, we are in part two now. <laughs> Let's stand. We are ministering now. Are you done sharing? There will be a break just now. I know some of you might need... A deeper time. It's true. And the Holy Spirit only gives us one way to open the door for restoration. He only gives us one way to begin to bring refreshing. Some of you, you've closed your hearts because of something that happened in the past or recently. And because you've closed your heart, you stop growing spiritually. Because it's in the heart where the seeds of the word of God are to be sowed. But because you close that heart, the word of God cannot even find root. The same place that you thought, now I'm going to protect myself. You are even protecting yourself from the word of God. 
And tonight and this weekend is a critical time. That if there's going to be forgiveness rendered, do it this weekend. The grace of God, the preparation that we poured into this, there's a special grace for restoration in the name of Jesus. And it starts tonight. It starts tonight. There might be many things that you want to tell the Lord. There might be many things that you've encountered and now you're a leader. And now because you're a leader, you put up a safe face. Everything's good. Everything's fine. Everything's going well. And yet there is unforgiveness. And the word of God invites us to first experience the forgiveness of the Lord Jesus Christ for ourselves. And out of that place, we will forgive others because we ourselves have been forgiven. And some of you might be saying, no, it's, it was too serious for me. I can't just let it go like that. And the Spirit of the Lord is saying, I saw everything. And all of it was placed on the Lord Jesus Christ. If you think someone needs to be punished for it, my son Jesus was punished in the place of that person that offended you. If you say, no, there's injustice and justice needs to be served, look at the cross. An innocent, an innocent man is dying there. If you say, no, because of it, I've borne shame and I've borne embarrassment, look at Jesus naked on the cross. Not for his own sins, but for the sins of the world. Not only for the things we have done, but the things that have been done against us. The apostles said, Lord, where else shall we go? You have the words of life. I can't just pack my bags every time that I experience the pain of relationships. So where you are, let's begin to lift up our hands to the Lord and express your heart to the Lord. Some of you need to repent of your unforgiveness. Some of you, you may have forgiven, but it's like you are just holding on to it just in case. And tonight there is grace in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus, thank you, Holy Spirit, for the healing anointing in this place. That pains and burdens are being lifted and healed tonight in the name of Jesus. These are leaders, Lord. We thank you, God, that you have called us to be whole as leaders. We lead others with broken hearts. The Holy Spirit, we, we thank you, Lord, that you know everything. You know exactly what we went through. You know exactly what we are going through. And you say you will never leave me. You will never forsake me. When I go through the fire, I will not be burned. When I go through the waters, I will not be drowned. You bring me through 
the wilderness through to the other side it's your promise god it's your promise god and you are faithful to me oh god if the whole world rejects me if the whole world stands against me there is a friend that stays closer than a brother his name is jesus christ and he is my living friend today But nobody understands me. Nobody understands me. There is somebody that understands. There is someone who experienced pain from his church members, his discipleship members. There is someone who experienced rejection, betrayal, neglect. In his darkest moment, all the guys ran away. They left him alone. And like a sheep to the slaughter, he said nothing. Because he knew who he was. Place your hand on your heart. Father, in the mighty name of Jesus, I pray tonight for a capacity to build relationships like never before. In the name of Jesus, Lord, every hindering spirit that has been working in the lives of your leaders, Lord God, to break relationships, Lord, to uproot themselves from the place where you have planted them, Lord God, to bring division or to bring isolation. In the mighty name of Jesus, we come against it tonight in Jesus' name. We declare the fire of the Holy Spirit to burn it away in the mighty name of Jesus. We declare those memories to begin to fade in Jesus' name. We declare, Lord God, that tonight something is changing tonight in the name of Jesus. That every burden that leaders have been carrying for years will be laid at the foot of the cross tonight in the name of Jesus. Right where you are, just express it to the Lord. Begin to make your declaration saying, Lord, I'm leaving this here. Lord, I'm giving this over to you tonight. I'm making a clean break. I'm learning to trust again. Give me the wisdom that I need. Come on, come on, come on. What the enemy intended for evil, God is going to turn it around for good. Mare shalamara ya kantala mara insentele barabakana la raza salabara masha dekede basha. All things will work together for good for them that love God and are called according to His purpose. The Lord is near to the brokenhearted. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for your healing right now. Thank you, Lord, for encounters this weekend. We thank you for words of confirmation. We thank you, Lord, for words of encouragement. We thank you for uh, prophetic dreams and visions, Lord, addressing this matter in our hearts, Lord, showing us how you were with us in that very moment and showing us, Lord, how you are pulling us through this very river, Father God, onto the other side. 
we thank you god that you are starting something fresh in our movement in our cluster lord god that every nation churches will be known as very strong in the area of relationships lord god in the area of brothers and brothers sisters and sisters lord uh, godliness in the area of godly relationships lord god that there will be a closeness like never before lord god that there will not be this self-preserving isolation anymore in the mighty name of jesus we cancel that orphan spirit that says i need to watch out for myself because i'm only here for today i better take the bread for myself and not share with anyone because i'm on my way out in the mighty name of jesus that breaks tonight in Jesus name in Jesus name come on let's give a shout unto the Lord come on let's give a shout unto the Lord thank you Lord thank you Lord tell the person next to you I bless you you are going to be completely whole you'll be exceptional in the area of relationships. You are operating in a new level of security. You're operating in a new level of supernatural love. You're not afraid to be hurt. You don't operate in fear. God has not given you a spirit of fear but a spirit of love and power and a sound mind in Jesus name. Hallelujah.